With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Good morning, everybody. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Today's show is going to be, in a word, Ridiculous. Uh, So much good stuff on tap. It's raining at Augusta. So we probably won't talk much golf, although we'll keep you updated on what's happening there if anybody does actually tee off. But don't worry. We're going to make it rain here on the show. NFL Hall of Famer who rarely does radio interviews. I've got to know him a little bit. He's dropping by in the final hour. We're doing some NBA today. A lot of NFL draft. Listen, we're 19 days away from the NFL draft. The rumors are flying. Uh, you know, I cannot. I almost wanted to open with the New England Patriots and the rumors of Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield. Um, those are so moronic and idiotic. I'm going to just puncture holes in them so badly. You're going to laugh at the people who are actually entertaining the idea that Patriots could draft either one of those gentlemen. But we must start today with the biggest story in sports. If you uh, turned on a TV last night or were at a bar... You saw LeBron. You saw the Sixers. You saw the the future, maybe, of the Eastern Conference. Shifting hands. Now, listen, I, I listen. I host a weekend radio show. I, I, I don't host a weekday, five-day-a-week 
show where you've got to react significantly to what happened the night before. I try to keep it even keel. I try. And I I don't want to fall into these moments where I'm just absolutely freaking out over something that happened last night. I get excited about what happened the night before. But I think Iowa Sam here with me. I think you remember last week how I came in and opened the show. I was listening to our rival station driving in, and they were talking about the women's Final Four. And and it was the greatest Final Four ever because of a buzzer shot. And I just was you know, one of those shaking your heads things. Like, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to be Mr. Overreact guy. Uh, I'll never forget Sam Darnold. Sam, you remember that? Sam Darnold, the great USC quarterback, had a Friday night this year where he was bad. I believe it was against Washington State. Couple picks, couldn't come through at the end of the game, and everybody's reacting. Oh, it's over. Sam Darnold, no way. Oh, he's not a pro. He's got to stay in school. I said, guys, relax. He threw a couple interceptions. His offensive line's a joke. Let's get some perspective. So I'm here to, I don't know, you know, try to provide some some balance to, to some of these folks out there who flip out on what you saw last night. And LeBron James was absurd last night. The Cavs fell behind by 30. 30 on the road to Philadelphia. The Sixers didn't have Joel Embiid. You're telling me a Cavs team fell behind by 30? To, to the Embiidless Sixers and they almost won the game? That's how good LeBron was. LeBron was just, he, he was what he's been this season. The MVP of the league. No disrespect to James Harden. Love James Harden. He was my MVP last year. And we'll get further into this. But LeBron has been so good. I think you've got to give him the MVP this year, right? He, he. I mean, last night, another triple-double. He's got the Cavs who over, they overhauled half their roster in the middle of the season. And they're still here, top four in the East. And listen, with Kyrie Irving's injury this week, he's done for the year. It's pretty clear. The Cavs are going to the finals. But the 76ers are the team to watch. And everybody's freaking out. That, wait a sec, they could do damage in the playoffs, and they can't. They, they certainly can't. Any series they have, they're going to have the two best players on the floor unless they play LeBron. That is two of the best three. Because Simmons and Embiid are that good. But everybody wants to draw the logical next step. Well, LeBron's going to go to the Sixers. Why would he go to the Lakers when he could go to the Sixers? And I'm opening the show telling you right now, that ain't happening. Now, I did write last summer before anybody else. You can feel free to go look it up on the old interwebs. Last summer. Uh, you know, you guys know I was in Philadelphia, outside Philadelphia for about the last, like, six years. Um, and I moved out here. So I knew the team well. And, I, you know, I, I liked the Sixers. I went to a few games. And um, they were a fun story. They, they're, they're trusting the process, all that. And I made some friends who liked the Sixers. So I got a call last summer from a buddy who says, Jason, I got to put you on the phone with this guy. Hardcore Sixers fan. He's going to make the case that LeBron could come to the Sixers. And I didn't really know this dude. And he makes a crazy good case. And I'm like, all right, let me look into this. And I dove in and I, wow, the Sixers have a shot at LeBron. This was last summer. Think about LeBron's last move when he left Miami for Cleveland. He went to a young Cavs team that had won 33 games. Kyrie Irving was 22 years old. Tristan Thompson was 23. Deion Waiters was 23. LeBron swoops in on his white horse, saves the day, brings the Cavs a championship. Well, he could do the same to Philadelphia. And that was true when the Sixers were a small, nice little story. 
trust the process. But the problem now, and the reason LeBron won't go to the Sixers, is because Philadelphia is ahead of schedule. I mean, they're 40, what is that, 48, 49 wins now this season? Nobody saw that coming. I did tell you, however, on this show, they would win more games than the Clippers. I put money on that. Maybe Sam or, or uh, Nick, when he comes in later, can, can pull it up. I was bullish on the Sixers. I bet the over this year. I didn't think they'd be this good. And remember, this is with Joel Embiid only playing 63 games, Markel Fultz playing maybe uh, 10 games due to that knee injury that he suffered, and, and, and it was, oh no, it was a shoulder injury for Fultz, and his shot was off. He's missed the entire season. That's a testament to Ben Simmons. And I was talking before the show here. I said, Rob, the producer of the show, who's finally back after a six-week hiatus to Africa where he shot rhinoceroses and Paris and all that fun stuff. We'll, we'll get into that later maybe. Uh, sorry to embarrass you, Rob. Um, I said Ben Simmons has had the best rookie season. I looked this up since Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson is a rookie. Now, he did have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was a multiple-time MVP. Magic led the Lakers as a rookie to the finals. And, of course, Jabbar was out famously. Game six, Magic starts at center as a rookie and puts, like, 42 points. I think he had a triple-double in game six. Uh, Magic was crazy good. But I'm telling you, Ben Simmons, who's averaging 16, 8, and 8, shooting 54%. His rookie season, full impact, has been more important than Michael Jordan's was in Chicago. Michael missed the playoffs, I'll remind you. David Robinson had a really good rookie year. Carmelo Anthony turned the Nuggets around. But I'm telling you, folks, Ben Simmons and the Sixers, they got 49 wins. They won 28 last year. They are ahead of schedule. And because Simmons is so good, and if you watch him, he needs the ball to be good. He, can't, he hasn't made a three-pointer this year. And as much as guys like Kawhi Leonard can redefine their game and become three-point shooters, it don't happen overnight. This is a multi-year process. Ben Simmons is not going to get in the gym this summer and come out next year and shoot 40% on threes. Ben Simmons and LeBron together will not work. They're great, transformative players. It's not going to work. You need shooters around LeBron. You need shooters around Ben Simmons. That's why the Sixers went and got J.J. Redick and signed Robert coming to the, to the big deal. That's why they just added Marco Bellinelli to, to, to bolster the bench three-point shooting. I mean, did you see him draining threes last night against the Cavs? That's what they need. And I know it's going to sound crazy that Bellinelli, Redick, and, and Covington mean more to Ben Simmons than LeBron would mean to Ben Simmons. LeBron's not a spot-up shooter. The current NBA, you need three-point shooters. A guy who can create, draw the double, and dish it out to three-point shooters who splash. Create mismatches. That's what the Warriors do. That's what the Rockets do. LeBron is the system in Cleveland. It's really an unguardable play. Pick and roll for LeBron, top of the key. You're either going to double, you sag off, he'll probably hit the three. You double off anybody, whether it's Corver, J.R. Smith, Kevin Love, Jordan Clarkson. They're hitting threes. That's what the Cavs do. It's not that. It's not rocket science. That's not going to work in Philadelphia. You can't pair Ben Simmons, LeBron, Markel Fultz. That, you have no shooters. Now, you've got great one-on-one players, yeah. But in the current NBA, you'll trade two for three all night in those deals. So I, I, as much as I love the Sixers, and I've talked in the past about how they, they could have had a shot at LeBron, they have exceeded expectations to the point they've played their way out of the LeBron sweepstakes. But folks, Philly, 
It's not a bad thing. It's not the worst thing in the world. Again, they've got the Lakers pick, I do believe, that's 10th in the draft. You're going to add another high-impact player. Listen, Trey Young could be in play for the Sixers in the draft. So Philadelphia is fine. They don't need LeBron. I know that's going to sound absurd to say. There's a bunch of people in Philadelphia very angry at me right now. We're on serious today around the country. Folks, the Sixers are good. LeBron does not fit there. I, act, I still firmly believe the Los Angeles Lakers, where LeBron can swoop in on his white horse and be the hero and save the day, where he can bring a friend the way he brought Chris Bosh to Miami, the way he brought uh, Kevin Love to Cleveland. LeBron can bring a friend to L.A. They have room for two max players. Sixers fans, you've got a lot of reasons to be excited. A lot. LeBron's not one of them. It's going to be Philadelphia and Boston slugging it out in the East probably for the better part of the next decade. LeBron's headed west to the Lakers where he can bring a friend, save the franchise. And again, it's not like he's saving a Cleveland franchise that really had never won anything. He's going to restore the strongest brand in the NBA, the L.A. Lakers, the gold standard. Bolster his Hollywood resume. Live in one of the two houses he bought for $44 million. It's still the Lakers. And I know you guys are going to ask me about it on social media. You do every day. This is a fluid situation, but I I think Philadelphia, as good as they've been, they could go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they've played their way out of the LeBron James sweepstakes. Oh, man, I'm so excited about today's show. Heard a lot of people ripping Kevin Durant. They didn't like my respect take last week. I might have to run that back. We got so much on tap. I cannot wait to get to the Patriots. But coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, Connor McGregor getting himself arrested may turn out to be the best thing that's ever happened to him. I'll explain next. All right, Sam, who is that? I'm digging that. Uh, Migos? Migos. I'm supposed to know the Migos guys, right? Yeah. I, I don't know the Migos guys. Fight night. Topical, right? I can feel it. Hey, uh, I, before I get to this topic, I got to say, I saw a movie last weekend. I know it's big when I see a movie because I have no time for that stuff. Red Sparrow. Have you seen it, Sam? I have not. Is that uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence? Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Listen, uh, let me give you one per- public service announcement, folks. Look on Flickster, that free movie app that everybody has for when Red Sparrow is showing today, and go and see it. It's excellent. I would say it's just a cut under Black Panther. Totally different, obviously. But if you're into spies and double agents, espionage, and uh, if you like Jennifer Lawrence, you know, she's fully nude in the movie. Uh, I don't know if that's a big draw for some people or not. She's fully nude? Fully nude. Uh, I'd say that's a draw. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, great actress. Uh, Bottom line, there was a scene so violent that I looked up and a couple people had to walk out of the theater and come back. And I'm one of those guys who always is looking around the theater because I'm worried about like some crazy lunatic coming and shooting it up. So I've like got my eyes up when I see somebody stand up, whether they go to the bathroom or whatever. But this scene was violent. I was like cringing. Oh, my gosh. I was moving around in my seat. It's, it's a great movie, Red Sparrow. Don't read the reviews. Just go in cold. I went in cold. I hadn't read a review. I just had seen like a trailer and I was like, okay. 
I'm in, and I was sold. It was great. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, you got to get to Hooters and try the new smoked wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings. And with all the taste and half the calories, you can eat twice as many. Hooters! Yes, we're going to get to the Patriots. Just give me a little patience. I know you guys love the NFL draft. I I love it myself. It's 19 days away. We're going to get to it shortly. The Patriots and Baker Mayfield. What a joke. But I've got to, uh, I've got to quickly chime in on the Conor McGregor situation. I don't care if you don't like UFC or you are totally in love with it. You, it's impossible to not have seen what happened with Conor McGregor this week. Okay. But I've got the backstory because I, I look at things a different way. You know, my background is a little different than everyone else's here in sports radio. And, and I just, I, I see something here that I'm, I'm not that concerned about. I know a lot of people are freaking out. Oh my gosh. Conor McGregor suspend him from UFC. He is a hooligan. He's arrested. Folks, come on. This is who he is. Is he not? This is Conor McGregor. The dude who was a thug in Dublin 10, 15 years ago. I mean, you guys know Conor McGregor's background, right? Ten, A little over 10 years ago, maybe 11, 12 years ago, Conor McGregor was a plumber in Ireland. His parents like had had to move out of this awful ghetto area where, where people were getting killed all the time, and, and they were setting up Conor McGregor as a plumber. That's what he was going to do, go into the family business, carve out a nice 30, 40-year career in plumbing. That's what he was, and, and, and all of a sudden he's like, whoa, I got to do better than this, and he just jetted out of the country and became an MMA star, and last year he fights Floyd Mayweather for $100 million. But everything in his background says, this guy's unhinged. This guy's crazy. He doesn't give a bleep. Now, I'm not Mr. UFC. I can't tell you all the fun storylines, but I can tell you this. Conor McGregor has not fought in UFC in 17 months. Guess what's happened to the UFC over the last 17 months? Ronda Rousey also left the sport. Your two biggest stars leaving the sport. Guess what else happened? UFC. Got sold. UFC is looking for a new TV partner. You putting the, you you connecting the dots here? So you got Conor McGregor, who, listen, I, I don't want to beat the scorpion and the frog analogy to death, but it's my favorite story going now. I think it applies to everything, whether it's Odell Beckham, Russell Westbrook, Rob Gronkowski. Conor McGregor is the scorpion. And since Rob missed the last six weeks here, jet-setting around the world, I, I'll quickly explain it to him. The scorpion needs a ride across the river. He says to the frog, hey, can you give me a ride? I need to get across. The frog says, no way. You're going to sting me, man. You're going to kill me. And the scorpion says, why why would I do that? If I sting you, we'll both sink and die. And the frog says, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he's not going to sting me. I'll give him a ride. So halfway across the river, what happens? Scorpion stings the frog. Frog starts gasping. Oh, my gosh, I'm dying. What? Why would you do that? And the scorpion kind of shrugs his shoulders and says, that's what I do. That's what I am. You can't change who you are. Conor McGregor is that thug from Dublin. He's going to act up at Bellator 187 and jump in the ring and do something stupid. He's going to show up to hype a match by throwing water bottles at people. He's going to chuck something at a bus and cause havoc and get arrested. That's who he is. He ain't going to change. 
If you think uh, getting $75 million or $100 million in the Floyd Mayweather fight is suddenly going to reform Conor McGregor and make him a choir boy, you're out of your mind. Guys, how many times do I have to hammer this scorpion frog story home? Russell Westbrook ain't going to change. That's who he is. He's a chucker who demands the ball. Odell Beckham. Since the catch, me, 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 all about me, all about the Benjamins, I'm a star, me, me, me. Rob Gronkowski, where's the next party? Can I do a keg stand? That's his life. These are what these dudes are. Conor McGregor is that dude who's unhinged. Now, let me get to my quick theory about how they got Conor McGregor unhinged. And Rob, I'm going to ask you to chime in here. You're Mr. UFC. Okay, so the UFC got sold. They're looking for a TV partner. The storylines are dead. There was a fight this weekend, right? You said uh, fight night, Sam. And, and I didn't even know who was in it, right? Uh, did, were you aware of the card? Was it a spectacular card, this UFC card tonight? Oh, I was referring to the name of the Migos song, uh, but just sticking with the UFC <laughs> theme. Did, by the way, did you see the, uh, n- the Notorious, uh, it's called Notorious, the Netflix documentary about Conor McGregor? No, I have not. Just dropped in the last Is it good? Few, it is good, yeah. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. Very little of his trash talking, a lot of his like personal life, him and his girlfriend partner uh, shows him before he got famous. It's wor- definitely worth the watch. Is he the thug I just portrayed him to be? You know, he's not. Oh, it's really God, interesting. No, he's, he's so like, but he's so all over the place, you know. So it's, but it's was he was he acting up for the cameras or acting down? He's acting like normal, normal. you know, and he it's very humanizing of him in this in this uh, documentary because he had so. a he recently had a baby, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. yeah, that's supposed to change you, dude. I'm telling you, you would hope it doesn't totally change people. So anyway, so UFC is trying to get sold, and Conor McGregor hasn't fought in 17 months. Now you can't just put a star in the oven. And then, boom, he bakes and he's a superstar overnight. It doesn't work like that. It's not a bunt cake, okay? You can't just create UFC stars out of nothing. I actually looked it up. It's not that different movie movies from UFC. Tom Cruise, one of the biggest stars in the world, really good actor, Scientology junk aside. Cruise is a great actor. He didn't become a great actor overnight. I, I looked this up on IMDb, right? Internet Movie Database. Cruise's first movie was 1981. Then in 1983 came Risky Business, a pretty big hit. He still wasn't in, oh my gosh, we're going to get him to open our movies. He did a couple movies after that that didn't hit. 1986, Top Gun, major hit. 1988, Cocktail, so he's building the resume. 1988, Rain Man comes out. It really took him seven years for Tom Cruise to become a major star. Seven years before, okay, we're going to have him open Born on the 4th of July. We're going to have him be the main guy on A Few Good Men, and we're going to bring in Jack Nicholson, and everybody wants to work with Tom Cruise because he's a star. It takes a while. UFC cannot all of a sudden be like, presto, we've got a star. So what do they have to do? You know what? I'm going to strip Conor McGregor of his belt. He hasn't fought in 17 months. And I'm going to give it to a guy who his friends have beef with. And, Rob, that's where you come in. I'm not. Should I even try to pronounce this guy's name? Khabib? Naga Naga work here anymore? No, I'm kidding. That's, that's <laughs> Just call him Khabib. That's Khabib. fine. Okay, so fine. I'm going to strip Connor of his belt, and uh, it's going to go to the Khabib versus whoever he was fighting last night. Well, guess what? This guy Khabib played his part. What did he do this week before the fight? Talk trash with one of Connor McGregor's boys. Apparently, there was a slap or there was a push or whatever. And that kind of set Connor off. You're going to strip my belt and give it to this punk who's messing with my people? 
bleep, bleep, bleep. Conor McGregor shows up, throws some stuff. Oh, look. Oh, look. We've got a rivalry. We've got Conor and Khabib. They hate each other. How fast can we fast track this to uh, a UFC fight in the next four months? That's going to break all records. Rob, your your thoughts on my theory. Your theory is 1,000% correct. All right. Just to give you a quick illustration of that point. There we go. UFC.com is promoting the pay-per-view tonight, obviously, UFC 223. Their homepage, as soon as you log in, UFC 223 embedded. The picture is Conor McGregor throwing that uh, dolly <laughs> through the, through the uh, bus window. That's great. That's great research. I, I That's mean, on I, the front I, of the UFC webpage? Yes. UFC.com. Oh, my goodness. Go check it out. Now- there are a few guys here at the network who I think are, are more intelligent fight fans than I. I think I'm pretty smart, but you know, there's some guys who are just head and shoulders above. One of them being Jonas Knox. Mm. He, has, he has the weekend show here. He fill him, Great. fill in on uh, Doug Gottlieb every once in a while. Yes, sir. And um, he and I had a little back and forth talking about it. And he's saying, you know, th- there's no way this was staged. This, this whole idea that it was staged is incorrect. You know, it's just a guy who, you know, popped the screw loose for a few minutes and, and things went downhill. So then we're talking about how D- uh, Dana White says, I'm not in the business of Conor McGregor right now. It's not going to work out. But even he will admit that this happening the way it did and, and as much media firestorm that it set off in the, in the next 24 hours, this is the best thing that could have happened best to thing. Dana White and the UFC that, that they could have ever hoped for. What, what do you want to see tomorrow? The answer is Conor McGregor fight. Yep. He's freaking out. Oh, my gosh. Conor, let me. We'll close on this because you know ten minutes on UFC is a lot. Who needs who more? Does Conor McGregor need the UFC, or does the UFC need Conor McGregor? Thousand percent UFC yeah, needs Conor. They McGregor. need Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor just made seventy five to one hundred million. Conor McGregor he could go and box again, Canelo, whoever you want. And people are going to watch that, and he's going to make a ton of money. He could fight that guy, Pauli Malinaji, the one that he had the oh, sparring gosh, session stop. with. No, he could fight stop. him and make twenty five million dollars. I don't disagree. I mean, UFC needs Conor McGregor. That's the bottom line. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Listen, I teased it at the outset. You've been waiting 30 minutes. The next person to tell you that the Patriots won Odell Beckham or Baker Mayfield, just just tell them exactly what I'm about to tell you next. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest Good morning, Jason. We begin in the NBA Friday night in Philadelphia, where the Cleveland Cavaliers roared back from a 30-point deficit against the Sixers to trail by two in the final seconds. James puts in the free throw. He does put it on an angle. No good. Tip by Cleveland. No good. And the Sixers win. But boy, what a shot by Green. Chef Green almost tapped it in. The Sixers win 132-130. to 130. The venerable Tom McGinnis the call on 97.5. The Fanatic as the Sixers prevailed for their 13th win in a row to take over third place in the East from the Cavaliers. LeBron James had a triple-double, 44 points, 11 rebounds, and 11 assists. Ben Simmons, 27 points, 15 rebounds, and 13 assists for a triple-double in the same game. No word yet if James plans on suing Simmons for copyright infringement. I'm happy as hell. Too soon. Anyway, in baseball Friday night, Shohei Otani homered for the third straight game and the Angels' comeback win over the A's. Finally, Jason, after two rounds of the Masters, Patrick Reed at 9-under as a two-shot lead over Mark Leishman. Tiger Woods, who is 13 shots off the lead, will tee off the third round only 10 minutes from now. And on a ratings-related note, he will tee off... 
four hours and 20 minutes before today's television coverage even begins. Oh, Oops. Back to brutal. you. Hey, Isaac, real quick. Who would you rather have going into these NBA playoffs? Ben Simmons or Giannis? I would rather have, you know, it just popped into my mind. I'm going to go with Ben Simmons. Go. Sorry, Greek freak. Love you. <laughs> Thank you, Isaac. The Giannis loved this season. Wasn't it funny, guys? I mean, people, Giannis is the next LeBron. You remember that storyline? Yeah, yeah, I was hearing that, and I'm like, what, because he dropped 45 on the Knicks or something? Come on, God. That goes back to what I opened the show with. Uh, again, I'm I'm a weekend show. I'm not a weekday show. And those five-day-a-week shows, guys got to come up with a bunch of stuff quickly. And it, all, it tends to be massive hyperbole. And listen, I'm here to set the record straight and help you. Understand that all the all that junk that you hear during the regular season is meaningless. All right, back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I'm your host, ladies and gentlemen, on this fine Saturday morning. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios out here. Kind of gloomy start in L.A. Sun starting to peek through the clouds. Golf is on the television here in the studio. They've got some Oklahoma City thunder as well. I can't wait to get to the thunder later. Uh, you guys know I have issues with Russell Westbrook. I- I'm known as like the biggest Russell Westbrook hater in the media. And, you know, I, I don't have hate. I've got some facts for you. I-, I think you'll like those. But first, this might be my favorite topic of the day. It- it's it's close. Um, the New England Patriots are absolutely 1,000% not drafting Baker Mayfield. Take it to the bank. Go ahead. Clip that audio And send it around and put it on social media and be like, oh, Jason, you're going to be wrong. Uh No. Are you guys crazy? You think think Bill Belichick is going to trade up to get Baker Mayfield? Really? The same Baker Mayfield who, when the Chicago Bears wanted to interview him at the Combine, Baker Mayfield said, wait, why do you want to talk to me? You just, you've got Trubisky. That's what, that's what he said. That's what Baker Mayfield said. He's a cocky, arrogant, undisciplined. Now, he's a, he's a very good college quarterback in a phenomenal system. He was awesome. He is the antithesis of what Bill Belichick wants. And I know the Patriots have taken some flyers. Jason, wait, they got Ocho Cinco. Yeah, they picked him up on the cheap. Yeah, they took a chance on a wide receiver. What happened? He barely got the ball thrown to him, and they got rid of him. They took a chance on Randy Moss, low by low. I think they got Moss from the Raiders for a fourth-round pick. Belichick will take some swings in free agency. Low risk. In the draft? Are you kidding me? Get real. Absolutely total garbage. So Bill Belichick, this is where I wonder... Like, if people are actually paying attention to what Belichick has built. I read this phenomenal story by Bruce Feldman. Uh, He's come on the show plenty. About discipline and how the University of Alabama thrives on discipline. That's the key word for the, the ethos of that Alabama football program. And it's no different than the New England Patriots. That's what they do. Bill Belichick builds inside out, and it's my way or the highway. It's everybody's on equal footing. 
Imagine if this radio show got called into a meeting with the big boss, Scott Shapiro, who loves to listen to this show. And it was me, Rob, and Sam sitting there. And, you know, I'm the host of the show, so, hey, I'm a big deal. I don't have to worry about Scott. He loves me. He's not going to dress me down. If he's going to take out any frustrations with the show, he's going to say it to the producer or the music man. Not Bill Belichick. You get in that room, and he will dress down Tom Brady and address him the way he addresses some guy on special teams. There is no favoritism. Bill Belichick is legendary for pulling clips of Tom Brady performing badly and says, I could go get Johnny Johnny High School quarterback at, at the local high school and throw him in, and, and he could make better passes than that. That's how Bill Belichick treats everybody. I'll never forget. Remember when, uh, Rob, you made that great booking of Jonas Gray, former Patriots running back. Do you guys remember the Jonas Gray story? He comes out on Sunday Night Football. Nobody had heard of him. Notre Dame running back, I believe, comes out 199 yards and four TDs. Boom! Bill Belichick has his new star running back. The next week, Jonas Gray overslept, blew through his alarm. He never, ever was a factor again with the Patriots. Inactive for the game after. He had a career game the next week because he blew through his alarm once. Inactive. Nope. Not even playing. And I, I'm pretty sure he came on and he, you know, he said that was, a, you know, unfortunately one of the turning points of my career. Got a monster game. I think it was Sunday Night Football against the Colts, if memory serves. And because he didn't have the discipline to show up on time, he's out. That's how Bill Belichick operates. My way or the highway discipline. Again, Baker Mayfield people. Odell Beckham. Like, come on. I, I think I love draft season, but the hyperbole and the smoke screens and the nonsense that reporters can float because they know, well, nobody's going to check it out. It's, it, I mean, Belichick is a genius. Think about this. And, 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 Rob, I have hammered this home so hard. NFL reporters never, ever get a whiff of a trade before it happens. Brandon Cooks was dealt this week. How many rumors did you hear about? Oh, the Patriots may trade Brandon Cooks. Not one. Marcus Peters, great cornerback, Kansas City, gets traded. How much scuttlebutt was Chiefs shopping Marcus Peters? They called 31 teams in the league. Not one reporter had a whiff of it. NFL reporters are great. I know a lot of them. They're fun. NFL teams, they don't just give up information. This idea that Bill Belichick loves Baker Mayfield is complete garbage. This idea that all of a sudden Bill Belichick is out here just openly talking about his love for Baker Mayfield and the media gets whiff of it. Nobody has anything out there. Do you remember the Alec Ogletree trade from the Rams to the um, Giants? How many people had, oh, Alex Ogletree could be on. Nobody had that. Not one person. But you know what everybody had was, and Dominican Sue and the Jets are meeting. This could work. They had that because Dominican Sue's people wanted that out. And the Sue was using the Jets as leverage because they had free agency money. He really wanted more money from the Rams. So Sue was going to the Rams. But all of a sudden, when you hear the Jets are interested, Jets, Jets, Jets. That's from Sue's people calling reporters, putting it out there, hoping the Rams would up their offer. 
That's how it works. You guys have to see through this stuff. I was on the inside as a reporter. Then I started a website, and I talked about a lot of this stuff. Then it got noticed, and yada, yada, yada. I'm t- you got to look deep beyond. Now, if you really want something juicy, the Patriots in this offseason have lost Martellus Bennett, Danny Amendola, Brandon Cooks. Now, if you want to read anything, I know Julian Edelman's coming back off the injury. And I know Bill Belichick says the wide receivers are interchangeable. Remember, they had Welker. They dumped Welker. They got Edelman. Edelman gets hurt. Let's bring in the lacrosse player, Hogan. Running back, same deal. We got LeGarrette Blunt. Okay, we can move on. We got Deion Lewis. Okay, we have Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis. Let's move on. We got Ridley. Maroney, Dylan. I mean, wide receiver, running back are interchangeable. Okay? If you really want to look at something interesting, this is where the Patriots are looking in the draft. Tom Brady has had two left tackles his entire career. Okay? They've protected him like they protect a Brinks truck. Matt Light, 153 starts. Nate Solder, 95 starts since he was a ding, 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 first-round draft pick. The Giants just overpaid Nate Solder. The New England Patriots have a hole at left tackle. Now, I know they've made a couple moves in the offseason. No no stars, no left tackle anchors, and Belichick has a, a deep reserve of left tackles. Uh, sorry, of offensive linemen. Not... not Awesome left tackles. But with two picks in the first round, if you want to take anything to the bank, one of them's going to be on a left tackle. I'm confident in saying that. Uh, a final note on that, Tom Brady was sacked 35 times last year. Ninth most in the NFL. You can't have a 41-year-old quarterback dropping back without a great left tackle or somebody damn good to protect him. That's what you need to think about. Not, are they going to get Baker Mayfield? I mean, that is just so... Lowest common denominator, and just <coughs> I'm choking because I'm so upset about it. They're not getting Baker Mayfield. They're not. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Oh, boy, this one hurts um, because it's about karma and an athlete and a GM, and it hurts because I really like these guys. That's next on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger, for the ones who get it done. So you know I say this every week. I'm trying my best not to go on social media during the breaks. Go to commercial. I got to do some research. I got to come up with a new topic. And I made the mistake just now of going into social media during a break. Uh, Sam, do I have time to read this? Dear Jason McIntyre, I hope you get fired from Fox Sports and never share your thoughts publicly. Conor McGregor injured three people because of his psychotic man-child attitude. If you are going to sugarcoat this because it creates hype, you are dumbing down public debate and sports. Thank you, um, Exquiel Ortega. Okay? I shared a bunch of facts. Conor McGregor's background, this is what he does. He is, as you said, a psychotic man-child. That's who he is. I I got a question for you, Jason. Fire away. What bothers you more, a tweet like that or a guy who just puts like a thumbs-down emoji? Well, I think we talked about the (laughs) thumbs-down before. Remember the thumbs-down when I was driving? But none of the social media stuff really bothers me anymore. And I, I had this... 
not like a come to Jesus moment, but I had one of these things where I took the vacation. Remember, I went to Hawaii in February and I said, I'm not going on Twitter. I'm not going to look at it during my break. And I didn't go on it. Not once. And when you you remove yourself from it, even whether it's a day, six hours, whatever, it totally cleanses your mind. Like, who cares what these people think? I sure I You know, this is interesting information, you know, that I'm dumbing down the debate. I'm sorry. I, one of the things that got me where I am is is kind of telling the truth. And that hurts sometimes. And, you know, yeah, I'm going to probably get in some trouble for it. Not in this instance, though. That's not the case here. That's what Conor, Conor McGregor, yes, he's psychotic. This helps him. If you don't understand branding and, and, and what the public wants, there is now an insatiable appetite for Conor McGregor. He hasn't fought in 17 months in UFC. Now he's chucking stuff and, 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 and like getting in fights. I mean, guys, this is who he is. All right, uh, let me get back to Kyrie Irving real quick. Um, which I teased, and and I wanna, I wanna be polite about this because I really like Kyrie Irving. Okay, I really like him a lot. Last year at this time, Isaiah Thomas was playing for the Celtics, kind of on that injured hip. He played through it, he fought through it, great, you know, and then he, he did his best, and then he ended up getting traded in the off season. And a lot of people said the Celtics did him dirty. They drove him into the ground and traded him. He's never going to get his big money deal. Kyrie Irving, on the other hand, was in Cleveland, wanted out, and told the Cavs reportedly, if you don't trade me, I'm going to fake an injury and I'm going to get surgery and sit out the season. Does the word karma ring a bell here? Both for the Celtics, Danny Ainge loses Gordon Hayward on the first night of the season, and he loses Kyrie Irving on the eve of the playoffs. Is there, if you believe in karma, is Danny Age getting karma for what happened with Isaiah Thomas? Whether you think that's fair or not is another question. And is there a little karma for Kyrie, who said he would fake an injury and get surgery? Not, I don't know if he said fake. He would, I have my knee, blah, blah, blah. I'll just get surgery and sit out the season. And is there a little karma now? He can't play in the playoffs. He's out four or five months. I got to ask you that. I, I like Kyrie Irving a lot. He is one of the most dynamic finishers in the NBA. I love his game. He's 26 years old. Can we stop calling him brittle? We're going to debate whether or not Kyrie Irving is brittle later in the show. Uh, Rob thinks he is. I, of course, do not. Um, it, it, it's insane. But coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. So I opened the show talking about LeBron. He doesn't work with the Sixers. I got another question. What on earth is LeBron thinking? Why is he playing all these minutes? It doesn't. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Still raining at Augusta. Masters look like it's probably mostly going to get delayed. We're actually going to talk to someone who used to coach Tiger Woods here in the next hour. Um, Tiger plus one after one hole today. I I just don't know how much interest there is in the Masters nationally when it's kind of raining and uh, Tiger's not in the mix. Just give me Jordan Spieth at whatever odds are. I'll take it. Is it Spieth or Spieth? Spieth. Jordan Spieth. Good luck. 
Um, but, uh, you know, what I do love to talk about, as you know, listening to this show, NFL and NBA. I could do those two topics all day, every day. And, you know, obviously college football, college basketball also. You know what? I told Nick, music man Nick, he's going to have three minutes on a special topic near and dear to his heart that I don't talk about much, baseball. And it's a certain player, and he's got a good take. So we'll get to that. I know you guys can't wait for that. Nick uh, veering out of his LeBron lane. I'm sorry, Lonzo Ball lane. uh, And he's going to talk baseball for a minute. But we're going to get to LeBron in a second and that crazy game last night with the Sixers. But I I quickly, I started talking about Kyrie Irving last hour. And I I talked about karma, and that's fine. You know, he he said he was going to get surgery if Cleveland didn't trade him. They traded him, and now he needs surgery. That's kind of funny. But there's this narrative building, which I think is kind of idiotic, that that, that, that Kyrie Irving is brittle and fragile. And I I looked. You know, he's been in the league six years. Uh, The first—I'm sorry, he's been in the league seven years. The first year, which I discount because it was a strike-sorting season, he didn't really miss any games. As a rookie, he missed 23 games. Okay. I'm sorry, he's this 20-year-old, he missed 23 games. Then he played 71, 75, then he played 53. But in that 53, the reason he missed 30, almost 30 games is because in the NBA Finals, he got injured. Remember the, the what is it, the kneecap injury? And he missed the Finals. Remember, that was where Delhi like, filled in for him, and they won a game against the Warriors. Ha, ha, ha. And then Kyrie comes back the next year, hits the game-winning, you know, uh, three-pointer. Uh, in Game 7 uh, to beat the uh, Warriors. And, and and bottom line is Kyrie's been in the league seven years. He's not brittle. Stop with this Kyrie Irving. People get injured. Is Chris Paul brittle? Is Blake Griffin brittle? Is Joel Embiid brittle? Well, Joel Embiid is brittle. Yes, he, he is. That's the one guy you could say is brittle. Folks, is Steph Curry brittle? And Rob wants to come after me saying Kyrie Irving is brittle and my guy Cowherd is just relentlessly bashing Kyrie Irving. And I got guys coming at me on Twitter. Kyrie's never going to win a ring without LeBron. Let me just hit you with a couple facts before we get to producer Rob, his takedown of Kyrie Irving, okay? So Kyrie just turned 26. He's probably entering his prime. I don't know if he's even in his prime yet. He just had the best shooting season of his career in Boston. 49%. Previous high was 47. 49% in the Brad Stevens offense with a bunch of new dudes he'd never played with before. Oh, look. Kyrie Irving shot the same from three, 40%, as he did with LeBron last year. Kyrie Irving, new team, new system. Guy who's brittle, who's never going to win without LeBron. Playing fewer minutes per game, averaging nearly the same points, rebounds, and assists. So I'm going to kick it to you now, Rob, uh, uh, hater of Kyrie Irving. We're going to do a minute on Kyrie before we get to LeBron and, and my questions about LeBron. But go ahead. Let me hear you take down brittle Kyrie Irving. First off, I don't appreciate you calling me a hater. You've been slandering me all morning saying that I <laughs> shot a rhinoceros on my vacation <laughs> when in actuality you tried to uh, give me drugs earlier today, <laughs> which is true. What? <laughs> Okay, he's not fighting that one because it is true. All right, just give me a list water in my mouth. Of some That's of the hilarious. things that that Kyrie Irving has gone through in his career. I mean, he yes. had the foot situation at Duke. He uh, had a sprained right shoulder. He Ooh. broke his hand when he punched the wall. Yes, that was foolish. he broke the index finger on his left hand. 
which caused him to miss a couple of weeks early in his career. He uh, broke his jaw and had to wear that protective mask, remember, when he was Kyrie with the, the clear mask for a while? Kyrie the killer. Okay. Yeah. He had a hyperextended knee, and then now this most recent, which is a, a continuation of a knee problem he had a few years ago. So if he's not brittle, like you say, he has to be the most unlucky athlete in history. I mean, listen, the Duke injury was unlucky, okay? Uh, I remember that season. He played like seven games. I wasn't sold on him coming out. I'm like, we saw this guy for eight games. Listen, point guard is a physical position, and he's not the biggest dude. And, you know, Chris Paul's had a ton of injuries. Steph Curry's had some injuries. Point guards, I mean, he dominates the ball. He drives into the lane. The one big difference that I think is going to set Kyrie Irving apart from the guys like Allen Iverson, who did a lot of Kyrie stuff, driving the lane, crashing hard, and Russell Westbrook driving the lane, crashing hard, is Kyrie's a great three-point shooter. That's what's going to help him throughout his career, whether he's unlucky or brittle. He's a really good three-point shooter. That's That never was the case with Iverson. That never was the case with Westbrook. So I'm not worried about Kyrie Irving at all. Not in the least. The guy can create his own shot. You call him brittle. I call him a superstar. I, now I'll put you on the spot. Nick, Rob, will Kyrie Irving win an NBA title again in his career? I'm going to say yes. Rob, he's 26. If you don't say yes, we got problems. Does that, do I have to say he'll win it in Boston? No, he's 26. Okay. Guys, move around. Okay, so yes, but I won't say that he'll definitely win it in Boston. Okay. Wrapping up Kyrie. Hypothetical. LeBron goes to the Lakers. You've got the 76ers and the Celtics. Next year. Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Marcus Morris, Kyrie Irving. They also have a lottery pick, I believe, from Memphis or from someone. I'm telling you, listen, we are in the era of superstars holding their franchises hostage. At this time last year, we had no idea Paul George would demand a trade. Kyrie Irving would demand a trade. Chris Paul would not get the fifth-year offer from the Clippers and leave and get traded to Houston. We had no idea the Bulls would trade Jimmy Butler. That's four top 20 players moving teams. Listen, have you guys been watching Giannis in Milwaukee? They fired Jason Kidd. Is that team improving? Is Giannis going to be like, yo, get me out of here? What up with Anthony Davis? I don't know. Who knows? Kawhi Leonard could hold the Spurs hostage if they don't offer him the Supermax. He's going to want out. I mean, we have literally no idea what's going to happen this offseason. This stuff is fluid. And I, uh, listen, if Kyrie Irving gives them any lip, yeah, you trade Kyrie Irving in a heartbeat. If you could get Anthony Davis or Kawhi Leonard, I mean, I love Kyrie, but it's Anthony Davis brittle. Is Kawhi Leonard uh, brittle? You know, every player's getting hurt. And that leads me to my next topic, which is LeBron James, the one guy who's not getting hurt. And, and again, I saw that LeBron Sixers game last night, and I'm thinking, Sixers up 30. Oh, okay, LeBron will sit out the rest of the game. He needs rest. This is a back-to-back. Um, guys, LeBron played 40 minutes, had a triple-double. He leads the league in minutes played, and he's go- gunning to play 82 games. Oh, I mean, Nick, I'm watching that game, and the only thing I'm thinking is, what on earth is LeBron doing? Why on earth is LeBron playing 40 minutes on a back-to-back 
in March. And trying to kill himself coming back from 30. Yeah, remember oh, the God. night before against the, the Wizards, he had to take over in the fourth quarter. LeBron is killing himself for nothing. And now what's happening today, Jason? Oh, he's getting killed by everybody because he missed a couple free, he missed a free throw. LeBron can't win. He's no. in a no-win situation. So I, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, okay, I got it, I got it. Michael Jordan games in March that you remember. Go! Name one. What do you got? Anybody? Anything? When Kobe dropped 50 on him with the Wizards. (laughs) (laughs) Kobe! Listen, the NBA regular season, we've talked about this ad nauseum. It doesn't matter. And I went through the superstars. You're going to love this. I respect the hell out of LeBron James for what he's trying to do and trying to prove today. But he should have sat out that second half against the 76ers last night. This is the list of superstars and games missed this season in the NBA. You ready? James Harden's going to end up missing about 10 games. Injury plus rest. Anthony Davis, injuries plus rest. Going to miss about 10 games. Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving. Well, no, Kevin Durant's going to miss about 15. The next group of superstars, Kyrie Irving, Joel Embiid, Chris Paul, injuries plus rest are going to miss about 20 to 25. So that's James Harden, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Joel Embiid, Chris Paul. All missing time this year for rest and injuries. Steph Curry's going to miss about 30. Everyone is taking time off except for LeBron. Now, what the hell is that about? Well, I think I got the answer. He knows they're not winning the title this year. They ain't beating the Warriors. They're not beating the healthy Rockets. He's not going to win a ring this year. He may not win another ring. But he can win another MVP award. Ah, yes. I'm not going to catch Michael's six rings, but uh, I could catch MJ's MVP awards. I I could win as many MVP awards as Michael Jordan. And, and and Nick, you're going to love this. And I, and I hope people don't take this the wrong way. But there are certain things that LeBron can control. His health cannot be controlled. His rings cannot be controlled. But he can control, I'm going to play 82 games. I'm going to try my best to lead the league in minutes. I'm going to try to dominate the league, which is way better than when Michael Jordan played. I Somebody pushed a clip this week, guys. You're going to love this about one of Michael Jordan's best dunks ever. It was against the Charlotte Hornets, the expansion Charlotte Hornets. So when you get to a spot, either at home, at a red light if you're driving, go look up on YouTube Michael Jordan dunk on the Charlotte Hornets. It's like the number one of his best dunks ever. So I watched the video this week on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, that's a great dunk. And then I paused it, and I looked at the video. There were four white guys on the Charlotte Hornets. Chasing down Michael Jordan. Okay? Four white guys. And that's not, don't take this the wrong way. I'm not being racist. It was Rex Chapman, really good player. Good shooter, good scorer. I loved him at Kentucky. Kelly Tripuka, late in his career. Also, good scorer at Notre Dame. Good player. Kurt Rambis and some big center named Dave Hoppen. A 19-win Hornets team. Four white guys, Michael Jordan dunking on them. LeBron is decimating a league right now way better than anything Michael Jordan did. 
Did you Anything. see his dunk last night, Jason, on Ilya Sova? Well, that, that, oh that's a bad, I mean, Ilya Sova. Is he doing yeah, that but, on, on Joel Embiid in the uh, in the final? No, but, but come on. At 30, at his age, at 15, yeah, 15 He's season, dunking on the Portland Trailblazers. He's dunking on everybody. A few of his best posters this year has been this season, I think. Yeah, LeBron's putting everybody on a poster. And 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 I just want to wrap with this. LeBron, I don't, just don't do it. Don't exert yourself like this in the regular season and then not have anything left in the playoffs. The playoffs are a grind. Save it for the playoffs, LeBron. Nobody can remember a Michael Jordan March game that mattered. It's been 20 years. 20 years from now, we're going to remember LeBron's playoffs. That's what matters. I think what LeBron's doing is he's trying to prove to Dan Gilbert and the haters out there, I can play 82 games. I can lead the league in minutes. And I know Tim Duncan, late in his career, took less money from the Spurs to keep the band together. And you know what? Tom Brady, late in his career with the Patriots, took less money so we could pay for cornerbacks and linemen. Hey, Dan Gilbert, I'm not taking a penny less. I'm LeBron James. Look what I'm doing. Folks, LeBron's 33 years old, averaging 27-9-8. and eight. I'll close on this. Isaiah Thomas was out of the league at 32 years old, injuries. Tracy McGrady, 32, out of the league. Chris Webber, the great Chris Webber, he averaged 11-7 and seven at 32. Durability matters, and LeBron James tops Michael Jordan in durability. All right, coming up next, here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, I'm afraid of this topic because when I floated it, it was universally laughed at in the studio. Is Russell Westbrook the most overrated player in the NBA? That's next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Hooters! You got to get to Hooters and try the new smoked wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings. And with all the taste and half the calories, you can eat twice as many. Hooters! 8.20 in the morning out here in Los Angeles. Uh, still no major updates from Augusta. Nothing really of note happening there. It's raining. And that's about it. So uh, we'll get to golf later if anything happens. Um, but for now, we got to talk NBA. In about 10 minutes, we're going to have a Patriots writer, one of, the, one of the foremost authorities on the Patriots in New England. Come on. Maybe he'll agree with me on this Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham nonsense. Uh, that's in about 10 minutes. But for now... So I, I teased it as, you know, Russell Westbrook is the most, you know, overrated player in the NBA. And I know that people are going to disagree and hate that, but I, I think I can back it up. And I guess where, where I got to start with is when you look at last year's team, right? They won 47 games. Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double. And this year, they have Carmelo Anthony. They have Paul George. I was told that Russell Westbrook needed superstars. He he can't drag this motley crew of dudes anywhere. You got to get him superstars. So you get Paul George, a top 20 player, and Carmelo, who is not as great as he was with the Knicks. You know, he's on the back nine of his career. But those are two really good players. You should be able to win. And the Thunder are about to win as many games as they did last year. And they're still sixth in the West. Look at this. Sam Presti and the Thunder 
have made a grave mistake. Do you remember what this team was in 2012? They went to the finals with a young Durant, a young Westbrook, and a young Harden. And I think that finals, if you remember, there was a game where Westbrook went off for 43 points. And it was like, holy cow, this guy's, what is he, 23 years old? He had 46 or whatever uh, against LeBron in the finals? And everybody was all in on Westbrook. He had a good series. They lost, but he was 27-6-6. and And that, you know, that looks good, but when you dive deep, 3 of 22 on threes. 13%. Now, James Harden was spotty in that finals, and, you know, that's kind of what did him in. He had two good games, and the rest, he kind of vanished. And there were questions about James Harden. Do you guys remember that? 2012. What happened four months later? Sam Presti made the grave mistake of trading James Harden. That was, that was awful. He broke that team up. That was a horrible move. Well, Sam Presti just traded another guy this past offseason, Victor Oladipo. And at the time, Sam Presti's a genius. He's turning, turning water into what? This guy is amazing. Victor Oladipo is an all-NBA player this year. He's, ha- he's going to be the, co- uh, the comeback player of the year, right? No doubt about it. He's averaging 23-5-4, shooting 36% from deep. He's got the Pacers in the playoffs. The Pacers were going to be a laughing stock. So Sam Presti and OKC have now traded James Harden and Victor Oladipo. And he lost Kevin Durant in free agency. And he's about to lose Paul George in free agency. Sam Presti made the grave mistake of going all in and backing Russell Westbrook And Russell Westbrook's the most overrated player in the NBA. Do you guys know what hustle stats are? NBA.com does this awesome breakdown of hustle stats. Stuff that you didn't think was really quantifiable. Deflections. Something called contested shots. You know what contested shots are, right? Are you going to get a hand up? Guess who's not getting a hand up? Russell Westbrook. Of all the All-Stars, Russell Westbrook is dead last in contested shots. 3.5 a game. There's only one other player at under four contested shots a game, and that's DeMar DeRozan, 3.8. You know why Russell Westbrook's not contesting shots? Because he's a terrible defensive player who wants to get rebounds and pad his stats. I don't even know if you guys are aware of this. Russell Westbrook needs 41 rebounds in the final three games to average a triple-double again. Nick, is that staggering? <laughs> Not really. He, he doesn't even try on defense. He's awful. He tries to read the passing lanes and get steals or go in and get rebounds so he can average a triple-double again. He's not hard and awful. Uh, Harden has improved no. this year defensively. Oh, okay. Dude, really? Russell Westbrook, he doesn't contest shot. He doesn't try. He's looking for steals in the draw in the in the uh, passing lane. He's looking to collect rebounds. Nick, think about it this way. And Rob, I want your input. Last year, Russell Westbrook averaged a triple double, and he won the MVP. I told you at the time, my vote was James Harden. James Harden changed positions, got a new coach, led the league in assists. I was impressed. I thought James Harden was tremendous. And then he beat Russell Westbrook in the first round of the playoffs. And don't tell me, well, he had way better players. That team was not that good. It wasn't that much better than the Thunder, was it? It was those two guys going head-to-head, and Harden was better. I'm calling Russell Westbrook the most overrated player in the NBA 
because he got two stars and the team's not any better. He's going to average a triple-double again, everybody, and he's not going to get one first-place vote. We saw this last year. Yes, Russell Westbrook, is a, he's a good player. He's a great individual talent. Does he make anybody better, Nick? Does Russell Westbrook make anyone better? <sighs> I dare you to say yes. No. Rob, you love Russell Westbrook. Rob is one of those Kobe stands who's always riding for Kobe. Kobe! Kobe! Kobe's so good! Russell Westbrook make anybody better, Rob. Be honest. No. Ah, damn it. I was hoping one of, one of you guys would say yes. No, I, but here, here's a hot take for you. Okay. Russell Westbrook's game reminds me of a less efficient LeBron James. Oh, get, and no, no, no. Let me explain. Stop. Let me explain <laughs> before you go crazy. That's a speak for yourself take right there. <laughs> and it's because Russell Westbrook as a singular talent will make the role players on his team look better because they'll just fulfill a role. Their only job is to play defense, rebound, hit an open jump shot. You get him with another star player, and they have to work around him, it's going to make them worse, which is what you're seeing with Paul George. Paul George, okay. Carmelo got, Anthony, that, 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 kind that of actually sounded okay. I, I, It sounded more hot-taking in the beginning. It did, it did. But you kind of downshifted there, and, and, and with good reason. Here's Paul George's number after the All-Star break. 37% shooting, 28% from three. He was at 43% from three this season. Paul George was an all-NBA player. He's been so bad after the All-Star break, only averaging 19 a game. This is a guy who I believe can be a number one. He was a number one in Indiana. Don't tell me otherwise. He took the Pacers to the Eastern Conference Finals twice and went toe-to-toe with LeBron. Toe-to-toe with LeBron. Paul George can be a number one. He's struggling after the All-Star break, to find that number two role in OKC. And guess what Russell Westbrook's doing? Padding his stats so he can average a triple-double. Paul George is gone from OKC. There is no shot he's sticking around. And I said this a couple weeks ago. Rob, you were gone. Nick, you remember this? The real sign is going to be what Carmelo Anthony does. Because he has an opt-out player option, but if he stays in OKC, he makes $28 million. Ain't nobody given Carmelo Anthony anywhere near $28 million. Nick, you're shaking your head. No, and they shouldn't. Good God. But is Carmelo Anthony, does he hate playing with Westbrook so much that he's going to say, forget the $28 million, I want to go play for a winner, or does he stay and just collect $28 million? I, I know we have to get the trending here, but who does who is Carmelo to say to play for a winner? Like, who is Carmelo Anthony at this point of his career? Like, like Well, if I'm, he would have gone to Cleveland, you're talking I'm about saying, who like, do you want spotting up Around LeBron. You want George Hill or Carmelo? I want Carmelo, but just come on, man. At this at this point of his career and what he was for his whole career, well, does he deserve I, I don't want a to, title? I don't want to crush crush uh, Carmelo here, but have you noticed what has happening on the defensive end? They're going right at Carmelo. Relentlessly. He's never played great defense. He's never, but now he's really bad. I mean, like, he's mediocre old. players are just using him. Um, I, I'm not even going to open the phone lines or give out the uh, phone number because I don't want to hear your Russell Westbrook uh, argument. He's the most overrated player in the NBA. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Oh, boy. Patriots players sick of Bill Belichick? We got an insider talking to us and giving us the answers. That's next. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Jason Tiger Woods is dressed in blue for the third round of the Masters, and it appears to be an appropriate choice because he bogeyed each of the first two holes today. He just parred the third hole, so he is now at six over par overall and is now 
15 shots behind leader Patrick Reed, <laughs> who at 9 under par overall is two shots ahead of Mark Leishman. They'll tee off the third round at 2.30 Eastern. Henrik Stenson, four back. Roy McIlroy and Jordan Spieth are five back. In the NBA Friday night, the Cleveland Cavaliers roared back from a 30-point deficit against the Sixers to trail by two points in the final seconds. James puts in the free throw. He does put it on an angle. No good. Tip by Cleveland. No good. And the Sixers win, but boy, what a shot by Green. Jeff Green almost tapped it in. The Sixers win 132-130. to 130. Tom McGinnis the call on 97.5. The Fanatic as the Sixers prevailed for their 13th win in a row to take over third place in the East from the Cavaliers. LeBron James a triple-double, 44 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists. Ben Simmons also a triple-double, 27 points, 15 rebounds, 13 assists. Elsewhere, Toronto clinched the one seed in the East with a 19-point win over the Pacers. Finally, in baseball Friday night, Shohei Otani homered for the third straight game in the Angels' comeback win over the Oakland A's. Jason, back to you. So, uh, real quick, Isaac, so Tigers 15 off the lead? Tied for 50th place, but I'm sure he is just waiting to begin his epic And just to recap, so today CBS is... Starting coverage after Tiger's done? They are scheduled to start at 3 p.m. Eastern, so that's four hours and 20 minutes after Tiger teed off. Oh, oh, sorry about that. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, you know, I listen, I talked about the Patriots at length earlier. And, I, again, I like Bill Belichick's discipline. Again, he comes from a militant background. We know his father spent time in the service, uh, coached the Naval Academy, and he's a my way or the highway guy. It's already been addressed. For my point of view, 0.0% chance of Odell Beckham getting traded to the Patriots or Baker Mayfield getting drafted by the Patriots. But because we like to bring in the experts who cover the team, Maybe, just maybe you're going to hear otherwise. So joining us right now uh, from somewhere in New England is the great Greg Bedard. Greg, good morning. How are you? Well, how are we doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I don't know how Patriots Nation is doing. You know, I made the mistake, Greg, of turning on the radio, listening to some uh, Boston Yahoos this week. They, they're, they're getting sick of Bill Belichick. I mean, you know, I, I guess, it, is it over for Bill Belichick among the fans? If they... Has Bill Belichick lost the room? Well, I mean, I'll tell you what. Um, there is certainly a faction of Patriots fans. I don't. I can't tell how large they are, but they, I mean, there are people very disgruntled about the Super Bowl still, and that they haven't gotten any, you know, real answers um, from Belichick certainly c- contributes to that. But you know, yeah, there, I, I, there is certainly a segment of Patriots fans that uh, are a little bit uneasy about the state of the franchise. I mean, I look, I don't understand it. I mean, uh, look, some talent has gone out the door. Um, they got well paid. Are they worth what they're getting paid? No, in my opinion. And and so, you know, they'll just retool. And I think they've, I think they've done a good job to this point. And I think there are still some moves to be made for them. Now, when you say unhappy about the state of the franchise does this all go back to the jimmy garoppolo trade uh some of it yeah Yeah. i mean i think 
people look at uh, you know the second round pick and they and you know they wonder about that compensation. And, yeah. You know, Brandon Cooks goes for twenty third overall when you have to pay him. You're going to have to pay him in the market of twenty four, at least twenty four million dollars in the next two years if you're the Rams. Um, and he goes for twenty third overall, and Jimmy goes for a second round yeah. pick, <laughs> uh, a franchise quarterback. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to many people. So, so we agree that was pretty much a middle finger to to Mr. Kraft. Hey, you Brady's <laughs> demanding I trade this guy. Fine, I'm going to go and I'm going to give him to a, a team in the other conference where I think he'll do well. I'm not going to give him to Cleveland for some haul. You know, this is I run the show here. Is this, this was a? I think we talked about it at the time, right? This was a big middle finger to Kraft. Well, you know, I wouldn't. That's I wouldn't strong. say that. <laughs> I mean, you, you said that, and I would not say that Tom Brady had anything to do with Jimmy leaving the Patriots. I mean, you know, if uh, you know, basically things were presented to Belichick, and and he made he tried to make the best out mm-hmm. of it, and you know. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was a middle finger to to craft, as you put it, but um, you know, certainly you wonder if they could have gotten a lot more. What, uh, Greg? We're talking with Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. What's the status of Rob Gronkowski? And and I got to uh, let me back in with this. This is Gronk every year. I need more money. I'm underpaid. This tight end makes more than me. Uh, I'm hurt. I want to party. I want to do my own thing. I mean, at what point does Belichick just tire of this nonsense and be like, I know you're talented, dude, but uh, you're replaceable? Yeah, I mean, you wonder if it's right about now. Um, <laughs> you know, I know you know, I know. Schefter had the report that, you know, he's not being traded and he'll be back. And, and you know, may, that, that might very well meet, be the case. But, um, you know, I know from talking to people that Belichick is not uh, exactly thrilled with the Gronkowski situation with, you know, he's not sure whether he's all in or not. And, you know, does he want to do this whole far thing every offseason with, <laughs> you know, a tight end? I, you know, I, I, I don't think so. Um, but, um, you know, sometimes Belichick has a history. You know, you look at, you know, Lawrence Taylor with the Giants and some other people. I mean, you know, he, it, for talent, he will put up with a certain amount. You just wonder what the limit is with Gronk and, you know, of course, there's other X factors. If you dealt him, would he show up at the other team? You know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's it's a very complicated situation. I mean, Lawrence Taylor, defensive end. I would say defensive end matter. Edge rusher matters more than tight end, though, right? I mean, uh, back with the Giants. Yeah, I think he was the MVP of the league, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, you know, look, tight end's pretty important in this offense. It's important to Brady. But, you know, the other side of the corner is, you know, they've won a Super Bowl without Gronk. That's it. And, um, you know, you wonder... They are certainly capable, and they've shown that they can win games without Gronkowski. And and you just wonder, um, you know, if Belichick um, comes to that sort of realization at some point and and wants to move on and and ca- sort of cash in the Gronk chips and and keep retooling for the future because they're you know with all the draft capital they have this year, all the comp picks they're going to get next year, they're they're in a good spot for the future. You just wonder, you know, how much do you balance the present with that? Present versus the future, yeah. All right, we're talking with Greg Bedard of the great Boston Sports Journal. Tremendous information can be found there. I would suggest subscribing. Uh, so, Greg, two more questions. Number one, do you think Belichick's, you know, my way or the highway grading personality, do you think this is going to start to have issues with the modern-day athlete who is very brand conscious and social media aware and 
you know, do you just feel like it almost feels like there's a butting of the heads and that era is kind of coming to an end? Mm, uh, you know, a little bit, but, you know, and there will certainly be players that are like that. But, look, there are still a lot of players, and when you go through this evaluation process, you know, the Patriots are still looking for the same sort of thing. That, you know, football matters most to these people. Um, you know, that, that they're, they're all about the team, you know, the unselfish nature uh, team captain types. They're still. You're still going to be able to find those. Those people. Are there? Are there less of them? Yes, but still, those are the people that the Patriots are going to get. And then you sort of get into the whole. All right, you know, talent over you know intangibles type of thing. And and you know, so far, I think they've done a good job of balancing. They just need to. They need the draft to start paying off, and maybe that's part of the equation. Which leads us to the final question, Greg. Baker Mayfield. I mean, we're seeing this report from. Uh, I don't know who started it. The, the Baker Mayfield nonsense. <laughs> I, I, I say there's zero percent chance of it happening. I know you you like you hate to say definitively zero percent, but come on, Baker Mayfield, a guy who lives on social media, who total rabbit ears. This is a guy who told the Chicago Bears when they said, "Hey, we want to talk to you at the combine." He said, "Why would you want to talk to me? You've got Mitch Trubisky." Like that's the kind of guy that Bill Belichick's going for. Come on. Well, I mean, I, I, I know that Belichick likes those, uh, especially at the quarterback position, he likes those cocky types, uh, self-assured types. So he likes those type of guys. But the thing you have to ask yourself is, you know, what kind of draft capital is it going to take to get him? And, you know, what does that say? I mean, say, say they do. I just don't, I don't think the chances are very good. But say they trade their two first-round picks and two seconds to move up to to draft Baker Mayfield. Oh, get out of here. What is that saying to Tom Brady exactly. about his team for this year? So, I mean, they traded Jimmy Garoppolo six months ago, and, and again, whether or not that was because Tom Brady ordered the code red, you know, we'll never know. But now, on the cusp of losing a Super Bowl, you're going to give up all that to get a guy who isn't going to help you this year? Greg? Yeah, you, a, think, you, think Favre, you think Favre was mad about uh, the Packers drafting uh Aaron Rodgers, where they did. Wait till you see Tom Brady if they cash in, you know, four top fifty picks to pick his successor. That's a great analogy, Greg. We'll leave on that. Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. Go check it out. He's got great stuff. His Gronkowski stuff. I mean, that was amazing this week, Greg. Keep up the good work. Thanks for joining the show. Appreciate it, bud. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great point with Brett Favre after the Packers drafted Rodgers. Can you imagine? If they traded up for Mayfield, Tom Brady would go ballistic. Oh, that would be lovely. Actually, shucks. Now I'm kind of rooting for that. <laughs> Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. We used to talk about the media a lot on this show, and then we kind of pivoted more towards sports. But something happened in the sports media this week, man. What the hell are these people thinking? I- I'm just going to sound off on something next. Good stuff. Far side, baby. She keeps up. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Almost high noon on the East Coast. I'm told my friends in the Northeast uh, may be getting snow this weekend. I feel so bad for you guys. Jeez. Move out to California. We had a 5.3 earthquake this week. I went out for drinks last night, and I mentioned the earthquake, and one of the people was like, what? Earthquake? I didn't even know we had one. Now, it, it hit in the ocean. So it didn't really register as badly out here as it should have, but I definitely felt it. I was at Fox doing some FS1 stuff, and I, I mean, people definitely felt the earthquake there. Um, but 
you know, it's so funny. Before I moved out here, I was like, oh, I don't know. And everybody I would tell that I'm moving to California, they're like, what about the earthquakes? You don't spend any time at all out here thinking about earthquakes. I mean, it's it's funny because you're living out here and there's, I mean, there's been like three minor ones that I've felt since I've been here, what, 22 months? But you don't think about them at all. There's just so much other stuff going on. You didn't, yeah, it's not like you're just sitting around at home thinking, oh, oh, earthquakes. You know, it's not like the Northeast where in the winter you're at home for four straight months. Jason, it's, it's know, freezing. As someone who lived in California forever, it's more of um, we don't want to think about it. Local California, we just we just don't want to think about it because it, it really could strike at any time. Yes. So it's it's kind of in the back, way back of Californians' minds. So we just it's kind of just we just don't really pay yeah, attention. Yeah, that's to it. a great point, Nick. And you know what? It's like the ocean and the man in the gray suit. Uh, uh, another toad in the scorpion thing here. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. This is uh. When you go in the ocean, whether it's surfing or just going in the water, you don't think about that stuff. Yep. You know, it's like, and, and I'm not even allowed to say that word around people out here. They, they That's what they call them. <laughs> they call them the man in the gray suit. Because uh-huh. if you say the word, apparently it's like bad luck, whatever. You know all these hippy dippies out here in California. Uh, so everybody, by the way, watch the national championship game Monday. College hoops, Villanova. I gave that out on the show. Come on. Uh, obvious win. But what, what happened that was crazy was a guy came off the bench, the Michael Jordan of Delaware, Dante DiFingenzo, and he scored 31 points. And one of the ugliest things that I've seen recently with the sports media, and yeah, I'm in the sports media, but I can criticize the sports media. Uh, we talk about, we talked last week about tribalism, and Rob, our producer, missed this. I actually really like the segment on tribalism. I'm not a tribalist. I'm not 100%. Oh, uh, uh, I I don't like LeBron, so no matter what happens, I'm against LeBron. There are people who don't like Kevin Durant because he left for Golden State, so they automatically, anything that Durant does, they discount him. They don't like him. That's not me, okay? I'm not blindly a tribalist. And when it comes to sports media, yeah, I'm going to call stuff out. I don't care if I'm in the sports media. So midway through the game Monday night when Dante DiFincenzo's going off, all these losers on social media start digging up tweets that he had sent out when DiFincenzo was like 14 or 15 years old. Idiotic, moronic stuff. Stuff that probably his friends stole his phone and were typing, ha, 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 I'm not going to repeat it on here because I don't want to get in trouble. He was like 14, 15. And during the game, the def- the highlight of his life, he's scoring 31 points, winning the Most Outstanding Player Award. That's what people are talking about. Oh, well, remember when he said the N-word in a tweet? What? When he was 14 and it was a rap song? I'm supposed to care? And, like, I don't know where you guys stand, but, like, this is stuff why athletes hate the media. They don't want to deal with the media. We love the build-up teardown in sports media. First half, Dante DiFingenzo going off. Dante's Inferno. He was unbelievable. You build him up in the first half and you tear him down in the second half. He scored 31 points. But yeah, remember seven years ago when he tweeted that uh, homophobic stuff? I mean, really? Again, I'm a truth. I like to think of myself as a truth teller. It's going to get me in trouble. The sports media really embarrassed itself with that Dante DiFincenzo stuff. Just who cares what somebody tweeted when they were 14 friggin' years old? 
All right, coming up next year on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio. I think we're going to dive back into the NBA, but also we're talking to a former coach of Tiger Woods. That's next. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Fun first two hours. Very, can I can I use the word spunky? Is that a word? It, it's, it's been a little back and forth, some interesting debates, some discussions. I got the Russell Westbrook haters all, all behind me after uh, I called him the most overrated player in the NBA. I'm sure that'll go over well. Uh, by the way, the Thunder could fall. I'm not even making this up to the ninth spot in the West if they lose to Houston tonight and some other things happen. That's fun. NFL draft rapidly approaching 19 days. One week from today. Nick, what happens? What? NBA playoffs, dog. Oh, okay. Come on! Uh, playoffs. playoffs? The NBA playoffs start in a week. Now, here's what's interesting about the playoffs. They are such a marathon that, and there's so many games that I'm going to put you on the spot, Nick, and I did not tell you that this was coming. What channel will the Toronto Raptors, who are the number one seed in the East, will they be relegated to NBA TV or will they get the national TV games in their first round, which will likely be against the, is it the Bucks? We are looking. You can stop right there. No is the answer. Really? No. The Toronto Raptors are going to get primetime games? No way. You uh, uh, Listen, here's the problem. They're not banishing LeBron, who's the three seed. Or LeBron, who's the fourth seed. Four seed. The Sixers are three. They're not banishing them. There's too much interest in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So that leaves the Boston Celtics, who probably have the largest fan base of anybody in the East. The Toronto Raptors, the number one seed, are going to get bounced to NBA TV. Well, it's going to happen, dude. Now, is that disrespect or what? It is. But, go ahead, there's a but. DeRozan and Lowry? In Toronto, Canada, there's not a lot of draw, Jason. I, I I don't have the exact number, unfortunately. I believe the Toronto Raptors have lost something like seven straight game ones in the playoffs. If they lose game one to whether it's the Heat, the Bucks, or the Wizards, and all those three are jumbled right now, I mean, do you have any faith that the Toronto Raptors are going to do damage in the playoffs? Nope. It's the LeBron Invitational once again in the East. But with a twist, Nick, the cloud hovering over LeBron, what's he going to do? Is LeBron going to go to the Sixers? Is he going to go to the Rockets? Is he going to go to the Lakers? And I opened the show talking about this, and I just want to quickly put it out there. The Sixers have overachieved. They have exceeded expectations. LeBron cannot, cannot go to the Sixers at this point. They're too good. He doesn't go to good teams. He went to the Miami Heat. They had won 47 games, lost in the first round. They were an okay team. Hey, Chris Bosh, join me in Miami. Boom, championship. Back to Cleveland. What happens? Hey, come on, Kevin Love. Championship. LeBron's not going to a good team. 
He's going to go to the Lakers. He's going to bring Paul George with him. I don't know if they're going to get a championship, but it'll be exciting. All right, we're going to quickly pivot to the Masters. And our next guest, the legendary golf instructor. You've been watching him on the Golf Channel all this week. You've been monitoring his former student, the great Tiger Woods. We're joined now by Hank Haney. Good morning, or good afternoon, Hank. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. How you doing? Uh, outstanding. Thanks for taking the time. It's been a wet day at Augusta. Can you get us up to speed on what you've seen from Tiger Woods the first two days and even today? Well, he, 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 he's, he's done. I mean, his tournament's over. It was over yesterday. Uh, you know, made the cut, four over, started off bogey the first two holes today, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's history. But it wasn't happening anyways uh, for him. This just wasn't his, his, his week, and he played well coming in here. Um, you know, one of the favorites, a lot of that's just, I think, sentimental, to be honest with you. There's a lot to ask. I think Tiger's going to win again. I think he's going to win major championships again, but... Uh, this soon back, I, I think that was a, a, a little bit too tall of an order for him. Um, so, so his his tournament's basically over. I mean, this this falls down to really the the, the top of the the leaderboard. Uh, if you go back the last fifty years at, at Augusta, uh, never has a player come from more than six shots back. So that there's only seven players in that category right there. That's uh, Patrick Reed, Mark Leishman. Henrik Stenson, Roy McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, uh, Dustin Johnson, and Justin Thomas. So, in all likelihood, uh, that's where your winner comes from today. Wow, that's kind of disappointing. Hank and I gotta say, uh, maybe what Tiger did a couple weeks ago, um, you know, kind of raised expectations too high, and everybody went all in with the gambling. He was the Tiger Woods was the betting favorite heading into yeah, the I Masters. Know. What do you think? Is it simply? The mere fact that he looked really good two, two or three weeks ago? Yeah, I, I think so. And then they just people like to bet on Tiger. I mean, that's just that's just kind of the, the, the way it is. I mean, you know, it's like in other sports when, you know, lines are skewed because everybody likes to bet on a certain team. Uh, it's, it's a little bit that way with Tiger. I mean, he, he wasn't the favorite going into this tournament. He wasn't even close to the favorite going into this tournament. But that's just he was the betting favorite going into yeah. this tournament. So we're talking with Hank Haney, uh, Tiger Woods' former coach. Hank, I got to ask. You just said you believe Tiger can still win tournaments and and probably another major. I, I based on what I've seen these last three days, like the golf world is so much better. The field is so much improved since he last dominated six or seven years ago. I mean, how confident are you he's really going to win another major? Ah, uh, you know, I, I get when everybody says how great the players are now, how much improved they are. Um, the cream has definitely risen to the top at Augusta. There's no doubt about that. So who's who leaderboard? Uh, but, you know, I, I can't get packed the, past the fact that Justin Thomas, last year, he's an incredible player. He won five times. He's already won two times this year. Won the PGA Championship. You know, a phenomenal player. He was player of the year last year. He missed six cuts. Tiger Woods won 142 tournaments in a row without missing a cut. So I... I'm not one that buys this. Everybody's so much better now. It, it's so much tougher to win. Uh, I, I still think that, you know, Tiger has a, a vast amount of experience. He needs to hit the ball a little bit better than he did this week. There's no doubt about that. But his putting's been good. His short game's been good. He's actually driven it okay at Augusta. His iron plays really let him down. Uh, but he hasn't played golf in, in, a, in, a, in a few years. And I, I, I'm not saying he's going to win every tournament. I'm not saying he's going to be number one again. But 
I, I think he's going to win again for sure. And major championships, a lot experience means a lot. Uh, you know, the Open Championship is where you know he really will, will have a, a, a good opportunity. You know, in years to come, and some of the venues that that start showing up next year and the year after. I mean, Pebble Beach, St Andrews, uh, you know, Beth Page. These are all tournaments that that Tory Pines. These are all Pinehurst. These are all tournaments that. And in courses that Tiger will, will have a, a, a real good shot at, at winning on, in my opinion. Talking with the great Hank Haney, former Tiger Woods coach here on Fox Sports Radio. So, Hank, Tiger's one over today, 14 back. I mean, again, I, I don't want to depress your optimism. This is a guy who was one shot off missing the cut. I mean, it, what's the discussion like if he's what, if he misses the cut this weekend? Then it's yeah, back I mean, to, oh, his well, body and, and the mind. I mean, it's... I know the experience matters, and you know more about this than anybody, but what about the body and mind aspect, the mental hurdles the Tigers got to go through to get back? Forget about winning. I mean, merely making the cut to me is, is a massive improvement. I just, uh, that next leap, I just don't know mentally if he's going to get there. Well, I mean, that's a good, he, he, he may not, but, but uh, I would bet against him. I mean, you know, you see some of the shots he hits and you watch. Uh, the way he's performed in some of these tournaments leading up to this, I mean, there's no reason to believe he, he can't do it. He just needs to be just a little bit more consistent. He needs to improve his iron play just to, just a little bit. But he, he's clearly not not far off. Um, you know, you, nobody wins a lot in golf. Jack Nicklaus won won like 12 percent of his tournaments. Uh, so so nobody wins a lot. You just got you got to pick your spots and and. You know, have a, have an opportunity, and then you got to be able to close the door. He has that that knowledge, that experience to be able to do that. He's got to get himself in position first to be able to do it. But I, I feel like if he puts himself in position where he has a chance to win, I think he, he'll be able to, to, to get the job done. Now, how many times is that going to happen a year? I mean, maybe it happens, you know, three or four times a year, and a couple times he closes the door. I mean that's that's just how golf is. I mean that's a, a a a good a good run. But you know we're we're barely into this comeback. He, had, he the thing is he hasn't played golf in years. Yeah. And and you know he, he's already shown some some great great signs. I'm 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 pretty confident that that uh, you haven't seen the last of, of Tiger Woods for sure. Now you know 14 back, 13 back, 15 back, 16 back, 12 back, 8 back. It doesn't matter. It's all the same. Right. Uh, Hank, you're, not, you're not winning. I'll you know? get you I mean, out of here. You know, get you out of here on this one. For, based on what you've seen the last two days, who do you think's coming out on top uh, to win the Masters in 2018? Well, I mean, boy, any of these guys could do it. They're all the top players. I mean, you look at Patrick Reed; he's 24th ranked player in the world, and and you know he's a, the highest ranked player in the in the group. Mark Leishman's 16th. Henrik Stenson, you know, Rory McIlroy. I mean, these guys are all you know top top five six players in the world. Jordan Spieth. Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas. I mean, boy, it's hard to go against against the, 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 these guys uh, that are the top players. I mean, I I just think today, Roy McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, uh, Justin Thomas, Justin Dustin Johnson. One of these guys is going to shoot something really, really low. You know, mid mid sixties, and uh, and then we're going to have a, a, a great Sunday. But um, I tell you what, it's it, it, it's just it's a it's a hard hard pick, but I mean I always I always take the best players, 
And uh, Roy McIlroy looks like to me like he could huh. be really tough to beat. All here. right, give me Jordan. Thank you very much, uh, right. Hank Haney. Enjoy the rest of the tournament. The great Hank Haney. <laughs> Thank you. All right, coming up next here on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio, I've got this. I've got this ramble, and I kind of liken it to the Jerry Maguire moment where he had this. Whoa. Wait a minute. Am I in the wrong industry? Uh, and he writes his letter in the middle of the night. I've got one of those coming up next. Uh, I think you're going to like it. And it, of course, ties into the New England Patriots. That's next. <laughs> well, Lonzo Ball rap action from Nick. The season's almost over, so, you know. Stick and stay, people. We got a Last one, maybe. NFL Hall of Famer coming up in 10 minutes. And we have a baseball topic after that. I think it's going to blow your mind. Now, you know I um, I treat the baseball regular season much like I treat uh, the NBA regular season. It just doesn't matter that much. The problem is at least basketball is super watchable with the insane highlights. Baseball's off to a pretty good start. My Yankees, born in New York, obviously, uh, doing well. Um, but, uh, yeah, so 25 minutes from now, I'm just curious what you're going to think of this baseball take. I've been teased on it. I've got my own thoughts, but that's coming up. But the NFL Hall of Famer, he rarely does radio interviews. I've gotten to know him. He's If he will, if he's willing to tell this Johnny Football story, uh, he ran into Johnny Football recently. I personally love the story. I think it's great. I think you're going to love it. That's coming up in 10 minutes. Hopefully he'll tell the story. But, okay, so I, I don't really know how to start this off, but wh- I'll tell you where I want to go. And, and, and it's a, it goes back to the Patriots in Alabama and discipline. Uh, I told you I read that football story that Bruce Feldman wrote about how Alabama and the key to their rise has been discipline. I mean, that's the number one thing that the whole program cares about. Hey, we're going to recruit over your head. You stay on the right course. Stay disciplined. Don't worry. It's going to work out. Roll down tide. A bunch of Alabama players, five-star recruits come in. They don't play the first year. Some of them don't play the second year. Third year, they finally are starting, and boom. Holy cow, this guy's a pro, and he leaves. Like, that's the system. Stay disciplined. And it reminds me of one of these, uh, one of the best articles that I've ever read about discipline, and it is related to Toyota, okay? And I'm not going to go too off the beaten track here, but it was such a good story, I clipped it. And I put it in this folder of nerdy stories that I look at to kind of recalibrate every six months to a year. Well-written stuff, thought-provoking stuff. And this piece on Toyota was titled The Open Secret of Success. Okay? And, you know, the abridged version is Toyota is, is one of the most profitable companies in the auto industry. It's been a leader for decades. But it's also one of the most innovative. And when people think of Toyota, they don't think of innovative. They think of, oh, it's boring, whatever. But their production system at Toyota has been copied. There have been thousands of articles and books written about Toyota. It's so successful, right? And yet everybody tries to copy them. They're still number one. So how does Toyota do this? How have they done this for decades? Well, innovation at Toyota is incremental. Okay, now think about Alabama and discipline and the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick as I'm telling you this. Innovation at Toyota is incremental, right? On a daily basis. To use a football analogy, 
Toyota is content throwing five-yard outs. Six-yard carry here. We are going to move the ball methodically down the field. We're not going to drop back and throw up Hail Marys and try to go 60 yards deep on every play. We have incremental process. Five yards here, six yards there, bing, bang, boom, down the field. Success. Just like Alabama and New England. Okay? That's what they do. Follow the discipline. And that's why I keep saying there's no chance the Patriots want Odell Beckham. No chance of Baker Mayfield. And and to take this a step further, discipline, okay? One of the biggest questions I've gotten since I moved out here to L.A., well, man, you took a chance, Jason. You moved your family. You uprooted your wife away from her family. No, nobody's going to go for that. Weren't you nervous? Try to make it on TV in L.A.? Like, come on. Well, I, I'm not afraid of failure. I have no fear of failure whatsoever. I think I might be the first blogger to be on, like, a national sports network five days a week. I don't know many other sports bloggers who start out getting a radio show. I know Clay Travis, a guy I'm good friends with, uh, he has a radio show, but he did radio before, way back. He's, he's well-experienced in radio. But the reason I'm not afraid of failure is I fail all the time. I'll continue to fail. I'm going to try stuff. Some of it will hit. Some of it will miss. And, and, and it's not like, it's, it's, it's not about the failure. It's how you use it. You know, failure is going to potentially kill you or it's going to improve you, right? It's not that different from criticism. And one of the things, uh, you know, I, I've really worked on is accepting criticism and soliciting feedback, right? It's how you handle the feedback that you will either improve or you hear, hey, man, you know, Jason, you're just not that good at TV. You're not that good at radio. You know, oh, really? Well, what? I Give me some feedback as to what I'm not good at. Now, in the TV world, and I know this is a ramble, but in the TV world, I'm telling you, everybody is relentlessly upbeat. It is positive to the max. Great show. Oh, you're so you're crushing it. You're the best, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't go through any classes on how to talk sports on TV. There were, there were some tryouts at Fox. They brought in a bunch of people. I made the cut. They felt I was a good fit for the show, so I'm on the show. But I didn't go through any like classes on do this, do that. They did do some coaching behind the scenes, but it wasn't like a rigorous process. It was like, oh, let's watch some tape here, work on this, don't. So then I get to the show, and I'm on the show every day, and I'm, I don't know how I'm doing. You, just like on this radio show, I don't know how I'm doing. Yes, I can get some tweets from you guys and Instagram comments, and I'll look on my Facebook. And again, with the social media world, it's like thumbs up. Or eh, people just excessively angry and I hate you. So one of the things I do is I'm walking around the building at Fox and our guest here in five minutes is somebody who works at Fox, a Hall of Famer. And I'll bump into him and I'm always like, hey, man, you know, I'm trying to get better. But everybody just says, you're awesome. You're great. It's not that's impossible. I'm not awesome at television. Okay, I just started. So I'll stop this guy who's a Hall of Famer. Hey, man, have you seen anything I need to work on? And I'll stop executives. Hey. What do you think I need to work on? And and getting any feedback specifically on Jason, don't do this, do this, is tough. And I ask for that on radio, too. I've got a great producer here, Rob, who knows his stuff. Okay, he's worked with some of the best in the business. He is up front with me. I like people who are up front. Bill Belichick, up front. Nick Saban, up front. I'm telling you guys, it keeps coming back. 
discipline. Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, very militant. They keep it real. They keep it 100. So finally, I found an executive who was going to say something in FS1 to me. And he says, Jason, okay, you really want something. Okay, here's what you need to work on. I've noticed that every time you're about to offer your knowledge and give your take, you say, guys, guys, guys. And Jason, you need to drop guys. It's like you're trying to crowbar your way in the conversation. You're in the conversation. You're there. Stop saying guys. So I said, thank you. That is something great I can work on. Incremental process. I want to get better every day. I want this radio show to be better than last week's. I want next week's to be better than today's. Incremental process. So what did I do? I made a mental note. I'm not going to say the word guys anymore. So I think over the last two months, I've said it once. And I noticed because I go into each show saying, I'm going to get better. And that's why, and again, that's a tiny, tiny comparison to Alabama and New England. That's why the Patriots are getting better. You heard Greg Bedard come on earlier and say they like captains from college football teams. Julian Edelman is a converted, I believe, college quarterback. Chris Hogan's a former lacrosse player. They want leaders. I'm just going to toss out a guy. Calvin Ridley, Alabama receiver, ridiculously talented, awesome. People are saying, oh, the Patriots need a receiver. They're not taking Calvin Ridley. It's not happening. Now, he does fit into with this guy went to Alabama. He waited his turn, worked out fine. Bill Belichick knows receivers are interchangeable. You don't need to do that. Bill Belichick has his process. I love it. I love Alabama's process. That's my rant. Coming up now, after the break, uh, NFL Hall of Famer. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Jason, in round three of the Masters, Tiger Woods bogeyed his first two holes of the day. However, he has since followed that with four pars and two birdies. He has 13 shots off the lead presently at four over par overall. Phil Mickelson today triple bogeyed the first hole and then bogeyed the second hole. He has rebounded, however, with five pars, an eagle and a birdie. He is at six over par overall. 15 shots behind leader Patrick Reed, who at 9 under par overall, is 2 shots ahead of Mark Leishman. They will tee off the third round at 2.30 Eastern, some 2 hours from now. Henrik Stenson, 4 back. Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth are 5 back. NBA Friday night, the Philadelphia 76ers held on to defeat the Cleveland Cavaliers 132-130 to as the Sixers won their 13th in a row taking over third place in the Eastern Conference from the Cavaliers. LeBron James, a triple-double, 44 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists. Ben Simmons, also a triple-double, 27 points, 15 rebounds, 13 assists. Jason, one final note. The TV ratings from round two of the Masters on Friday are out, and they were up 55% from round two Whoa. last year. Today's TV coverage, however, not even going to begin for another two and a half hours when Tiger and Phil... Wait, wait, wait. Isaac, Isaac, hold up. Isaac, you, you said 55% ratings up for Tiger Woods? 55% from round two last year. That's correct. Highest round two ratings since 2013. Wow. Thank you, Isaac. Good stuff. Wow. Tiger Woods. Hey, imagine that. People like Tiger Woods. Uh, all right, joining the show now, folks, he's an NFL Hall of Famer. Uh, I have the good fortune sometimes of sharing a dressing room with him at FS1. And I like to pick his brain because, dude, he, he's one of the sharper guys I've met at FS1. 
I'm even surprised he like knows my name and is friendly to me because he's a big deal. Okay, Tony Gonzalez, former Chiefs superstar, former Falcons legend, Tony Gonzalez joining the show. Tony, good morning. How are you? Yeah, uh, who is this again? <laughs> I'll never, nice to meet you, buddy. <laughs> I'll never forget. I had seen a, a commercial and it was Modelo the beer. And then I look up and it's Tony Gonzalez is the spokesperson. I was like, holy cow. So I see Tony at Fox. I'm like, you're the spokesperson for a beer? Like, do you guys know how big that is? Tony Gonzalez is a legend. And uh, <laughs> Tony, hey, let, let me start you off with an easy one. Uh, and I hope you're willing to talk about this. Do you want to talk about the uh, put the quarterback you recently saw throwing a football around here in L.A.? Yeah, no problem. Okay. No problem at all. Yeah. All right. So tell me about it. You go to high school and you go to a high school. Yeah, I go to a high school out here in, in, in Southern California. I think my, my daughter is a, a hell of a tennis player. But uh, so anyway, I'm walking. I have to cross a football field to get to the tennis courts, and I see these guys out there working out, and they look pretty good. And uh, this guy, this quarterback's going through his motions, this this big old guy. I'm like, is he a defensive end? Is he a tight end? It turns out it was Johnny Manziel and uh, Ingram, the tight end from, from the Giants. And I, it, it was, and I stopped and talked, and I, and I had a chance to, to, to you know, get a little crosstalk going with Johnny and picking his brain, trying to see, because I'm curious, too. I'm a fan, and, and, and I'm actually pulling for the, for the guy. And he was telling me about his comeback and what he's doing, and, and he looked pretty good, and he said he was focused, and he said he was ready, and he learned his lesson, and he said all the things that he's been saying to the, to the media and trying to, trying to get back, and he looked pretty good. So, so you were kind of impressed with his mental makeup and where he is and his arm and, and all that fun stuff. Well, I asked him because I was I'm like, what do you think was the biggest mistake on like that you did? And he was like, I just he said he just got caught up, uh, said he's not not drinking anymore. He said he's staying home. He doesn't go out anymore. Uh, I mean, did he, you he buy to, it? Huh? I I bought it. I, I I think you have to buy it. Uh, I, I believe in second chances. There's no doubt that. Uh, I think I think if he can show that he can play, which it looks like he can, obviously he's a high, he can play football. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the mental side of it. Is he going to in, in, embarrass the organization? Because he's not going to come in to be a starter. We know that he's going to come in and be a backup guy and have to work his, you know, he can take the long right route route back into the NFL. And and I think he can do it. I, I, I really do. I, I I'm pulling. I've always been a big fan of Johnny Manziel. I just I just think the whole party in and the whole culture of of him wanting to be the man. It's just you got to get out of that and, and keep football at the top. And that's what I told him. I said keep football number one in your life. And everything else, then you can go be the man. Uh, but you got to keep football at the top, and, and I think he's figured that out. I hope we're, we're talking with Tony Gonzalez, the NFL Hall of Famer. And Tony, you, you played in an era bef- largely before social media was massive. And Johnny Football is a great example of this. And Odell Beckham's a great example. And Rob Gronkowski, these guys kind of love the brand they've built up. And yeah. you know, you were a guy who was a show up, put your time in, become a Hall of Famer. You know. I just I I have to ask you when you see these young guys and they're pushing brands and they're pushing social media and they they got to be on Instagram all the time. D- do you see the same work ethic in some of these guys that you saw when you were coming up and becoming a star? But and, and, and that goes back to what I said. And by the way, uh, his Johnny had his manager there or PR. I don't know who it was. Some PR guy. It was a great guy, by the way. I can't remember his name, but he had these boxes in his, in his hands. And there are two boxes, look like, look like shoe boxes. And sure enough, they were shoes. And I said, hey, what do you got? Some cleats here or whatever? And he goes, no. And he opened it up and it said the comeback. Oh! And 
And I'm like, the comeback from from what? You know, I mean, and no offense to Johnny. It's not like he came in and lit the league up. Uh, and that's part of it, though, like you said. And that, so, that I, so having said that, I'll answer your question now. These guys, even after all that's going on with Johnny, he's still thinking about the brand yeah. and how to make money on it and how to be the man and oh. all that, the, the comeback to it. Um, and I just think I'm old school. And you, the work, it just keep football at the top. It's literally that simple. More important than anything else in your life. And, and some people don't want to hear that, but it's more important than anything else in your life. And I'm not saying other things, your family or your religion or your charity or anything else is not important, but that is where you spend most of your time. That is where your bread is buttered. And that is what's going to take you around the world and introduce you to people that you never thought you'd meet. You're going to have experiences you never thought you had if you just keep football at the top. And a lot of these guys get caught up in that whole, you know, how many followers, how many likes am I getting? You know, can I get my brand? Can I get my commercial? Am I the man when I show up at the club? Am I hanging out with Jay-Z and LeBron and all these people that do put the work in? LeBron and Jay, they don't, they don't see the work that those guys have put in. They just want to be like them. And that's that's where they have the problem. They don't they, they want something and they don't realize they have to over deliver to get that stuff. And to over deliver you gotta put the work in. You yeah. can't just be normal. Talking with uh and former NFL tight end Tony Gonzalez. Tony, the other thing I know and I remember you playing basketball at Cal, right? You you were on the I believe was it that Jason Kidd team? Uh, no, the Jason Kidd. We were on Sweet Sixteen team with Sweet uh, 16. Ed Gray. Yes, yes, Sweet Sixteen team. And then you kind of transitioned to football. Now, you had obviously had a, a football background, but you knew you had to put in work, right? I mean, you were not coming out as the, the same way some of these tight ends are. Oh, he's a first-round lock, right? You, you had to put in a lot of work. How tough was it transitioning from basketball to NFL, or did you ever consider NBA? Well, I considered NBA. I, I always tell this uh, story. One of the greatest things that ever happened to me as, a, as an athlete, one of the greatest things, is we're playing um, – and we had just beat Villanova in the second round of the NCAA playoffs. Tim, uh, Tim Thomas uh, had a great game against that, 23 points and whatever. And then we're going to the Sweet 16. We're playing North Carolina, Dean Smith, uh, Antoine Jameson, Vince Carter, all oh, these guys man. on the team. And before the game, I'm in the hallway warming up by myself, just getting a stretch or whatever, clearing my mind. And Dean Smith comes walking up by himself. And I had already declared to go to the NFL, and I'm going to, you know, they're saying, hey, he's going to be a first-round draft choice and all that stuff. Uh, but I had talked about, you know, maybe in my hoop dreams, and I would always, I would love to play in the NBA, but I think I'm better suited for the NFL. And I had already said that. Dean comes walking up and says, hey, uh, hey, Tony, how are you? My name's, my name's Dean Smith. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, Coach, I, I know who you are. Uh, nice to meet you. And he goes, I just want to let you know you've been playing some outstanding basketball. And if you wanted, you could do this for a living. I'm just letting you know. You could play in the NBA. And that was like the coolest thing ever. And so he, and so I said, thank you, coach. He goes walking away, and he gets about 8, 10 feet away from me. And he turns around, and he goes, hey, by the way, I got something special for you tonight. <laughs> and, and we went out there. Like I said, I was on a tear. Even coming into the tournament, uh, I, was, I was averaging like 17, 18 points a game. And these suckers with Antoine Jameson, this 7'2 Russian guy, I forgot his name, Another pro that I'm forgetting about, Vince Carter at the top, they went 2-3 zone, and I'm 6-4. And they, I, I scored four points, we lost the game, and, and now I can tell everybody that Dean Smith game plan for me. Oh, so, so you think Dean Smith was out there gassing you up, hey man, you could do this for a living. The master Dean Smith, great stuff. All right, Tony Gonzalez, I know you have a busy life, 
You got to get back to. Uh, do you want to talk? Can I ask you quickly about the movies and uh, what it's like uh, being an actor? Can I ask you that real quick? Because I know sure. you're, you're passionate about that. Tony uh, obviously has been in uh, a couple movies, or yeah, yeah, I did Triple X with Vin Diesel and Samuel Jackson. I've done some Inside S. I've done a, done a bunch of acting. I've, 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 I'm into it for sure. You could say that. And so, acting classes when you walk in, do they know you're Tony Gonzalez? TV spokesman, former NFL legend. Do they know that? And then what's it like having to act in a class in front of all these people ever after you had to perform in a stadium in front of hundreds of thousands? Uh, half of, I'd say, no, I'd say probably uh, 20% of the class knows who I am. The rest are, are all thespians and actors, and they, 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 don't, they don't care. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it is, you talk about nerve-wracking and challenging yourself all over again. Uh, and, and, and that's what I think I love about it. It reminds me of football so much, uh, especially because it's so out of my comfort zone. Never, you know, I've never taken class. I've always done the, the guest appearance on stuff. Uh, but it's tough. It's not easy at all. Um, and you get embarrassed. And I've asked myself a couple times, <laughs> three or four times, what, what the hell am I doing this for? Why <laughs> do I do I want to be a, a famous actor? Am I doing it? For, do I want money? It's like I, I think I I have both of those those things relatively those things. So it's not about that. It, it, I really do enjoy it. It reminds me of like you prepare your lines and you 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 work on your routes and you work on your plays all week and then you show up for the game and the same thing in acting. You show up and you present the scene and it's, you, the nerves are just going and and you and, and you fail especially at the beginning. It's like football. I mean. You're going to fail a lot before you finally become good. And, and uh, I think I'm turning a corner here. I'm starting to become good. So if you've got any producers or directors listening right now, give me a, give me a call. Yeah, I'll be, Tony. I'll come out there Dude, I can't <laughs> wait. Tony, good. All right, Tony, thank you very much for taking the time. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'll see you at FS1. All right, thanks, guys. Good, good to see you. Yeah, t- Tony Gonzalez. I mean, the guy, dude, who's a legend. And he's got stories. I mean, I, <laughs> this guy, you just plant your – if you see Tony Gonzalez in a grocery store, just toss out an NFL football player's name, and he's got a story about it. I mean, the guy is just, he's a great dude, just an awesome human being. I've got to know him a little bit at FS1. And I, listen, the fact that Johnny Football already has sneakers with the comeback tour printed on them is such a red flag. Can you imagine? I know, I know people are like, oh, wait, Belichick talked to Johnny, not Belichick, but the Patriots talked to Johnny Football. They interviewed him after his throwing workout. Can you imagine? Johnny Football showed up with shoes that said the comeback tour. Belichick would see that and be like, just walk, go home. Just leave. Like, it's just, Johnny, get your act together, dude. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, a baseball take that's so hot, you're going to have to drop your phone when you see it. That's next. Progressive Insurance, creators of the Name Your Price tool. Choose from a range of coverage options and pick the price that works for you. Visit Progressive.com today. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Great stuff from former superstar Tony Gonzalez. He, he's a nice man. He really is. Like He's all up into the acting, too. Like To the point where I kind of want to take acting classes. Like hearing him going in and being humbled. And listen, I know I went on a little rant earlier talking about, hey, I don't, I'm not no fear of failure. That's what you need in life. You can't be worried to fail. Like, you just can't. You're going to fail, and how you handle it kind of is the way to look at it. Like, I'm not going to let this bother me. Hey, I failed. It's not the end of the world. You know what? I'm going to get back up, and I'm going to try something differently. 
And listen, our guy here, Nick, is about to offer you one of the most incendiary baseball takes of the young season. And it may be a colossal failure. And, I, you know, because I saw what's I, – I can see what's happening. I know his favorite team. Nick, I don't want to overhype it. Uh, Rob, are you ready for this? Are you aware of what this, his baseball take is? Say that one more time. Are you aware of the, the take Nick is about to offer? No, but I've seen him giggling for the last 30 yeah, minutes. Giggling like a schoolgirl yeah. over here. Uh, all right, Nick, the floor is yours. All right, Jason. So, yeah, last night Otani had yet another home run. The first Angel in Angel's history to hit three home runs in his first home games. And, Jason, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sure you've heard slash seen that. What a bust he's been because of spring training, right? What a bust. Oh, but, you know... He started out three home runs in his first eight games. He's hitting 389. He's the first AL player with a home run, two RBIs in his first three career home games as a rookie. Jason, as a Japanese player, back-to-back, we, yeah, back-to-back years, hitting 322, 60 RBIs one season, almost 70, pitching 186 the other year. We haven't seen this, Jason. Like, I've seen stats. You know, Ken Brett, an old school pitcher. SB, SB Nation. SB Nation had a had a graph of who's the best pitchers who can also hit based on three hundred plate appearances. Okay? Oh, this is in the, like right now in the modern era. No, no, this is yeah. We haven't seen this ever. I mean, right. you could say Babe Ruth, but that was a century ago. Okay, so a lot of people out there, including myself, haven't watched. How often is he pitching? Is this guy in the rotation for the Angels? Yes. What number he, of pitcher is he in the rotation? He's in. He's he's number three right now. Three or three or four, I believe. But he's gonna he's gonna How's his pitch, Jason. How's his pitching? Right now he's right now he has a four and a half ERA, but he has he's only pitched once and he has he got the win though. He had so in the in his Hold first up. game, he's number three in the rotation and he's batting every day. Now, yes, so right now right now he's and he's batting eighth. Right now he's batting eighth in the rotation. Do you think okay? they will try to move him out of the rotation and they put should, him like middle? The way he's hitting right now, yes, absolutely, they should move him up into the middle of the rotation. No doubt about it. Jason, the way he hits... Wait, wait, move him out of the rotation? No, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. In, no, in the batting rotation, move him up. Oh, into oh, the middle. oh, I thought, like, he's hitting so well that maybe you take him out of the pitching and have him focus on the hitting. No, see, Jason, here's... Okay, here's what I'm getting at right now, okay? okay? We don't have much time left. So, you, you did Steph Curry's interpretation of he changed basketball with the three-point shooting, right? Yeah. The, the way the game is now, three-point shooting. You just said LeBron shouldn't go to Philly... Because who, what other shooter do they have? They get wrecked, right? So this is this is hyperbole, okay? But I think this isn't just. I know it's we've, we're eight games in. It's only been a week, but Otani has proven that he is a player. I don't think this is just a flash in the pan. I think this is. I think he's gonna be a legit MVP contender. Jason, he doesn't have to hit three hundred the whole year. He doesn't have to hit three hundred. He doesn't have to pitch a three ERA. If he can hit just like two sixty, two seventy, maybe seventy RBIs, pitch make what? Sub four ERA. Even so okay. So if, okay, ERA. here if he has a sub four ERA, maybe say I know wins don't matter, but he wins seventeen games, uh, and then he hits two seventy five with That's thirty a and 100. That's can a hundred. Can he do that? Yeah, uh, I I think he can. And you think he's got to be a slam dunk MVP? Absolutely. And Jason, if he if he does this, this is what I'm getting at. Since you're such about Steph Curry being one of the most influential NBA players ever, if Otani does this, or if we see an influx of Baseball players, young kids, if like, you know, if a coach says he can, you know, a kid can throw hard and hit hard, but usually, you know, 
they, they only say to this kid to go one way because that's what you should specialize in. Right. If Otani changes the game like this, could he, he change baseball going forward if he kills it this year like I predict and he is an MVP candidate? So he's a game changer. This could be a transformative baseball player. If he keeps it up. I know we're only a week in. I don't want to go crazy. I kind of am. But I'm just No, saying. no, no. They, they, I think there's some. I, I could have sworn there was a high school kid. Who's so awesome out here in California? He was like, Sherman Oaks, right? And he's a pitcher and hitter, right? Hunter Green, yeah, hit pitcher. See now that to me is interesting for baseball. You know, which can kind of be the season could drag on. It could be boring. That to me is interesting. If you got all of a sudden a bunch of players who are pitching and hitting, that's pretty cool. I would be all about that. I, I Nick, listen, I'm not a huge baseball guy. I'll watch some Stanton. I'll watch some Judge. My Yankees. That's interesting to me. Jason, it, I might go to an Angels game. It's this not season. about Trout anymore. It's not. It's about Otani. It's not about Trout. Wow. It's not, and I love him. All right. Uh, podcast will be up soon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, thank you, Nick. Thank you, Iowa Sam. Thank you, Rob. Really great show today. Had a lot of fun. Thanks to the guests. And we will see you next week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.